1: Welcome to Sustainable Success. Hope everyone's having a great week. It's always a lovely day here in the New York City area. And again, wherever you are, we're hoping you're having a prosperous week. If you're new to sustainable success, you can also find us on Facebook at Sustainable Success2017. Again, that's Sustainable Success 2017. We encourage you to you know come up follow us there. Uh, Make comments. We have all the past episodes with our many great guests that we've had on, sharing their words of wisdom to help raise your business to the next level and also insights to improve your personal life and well-being. Again, check us out at Sustainable Success 2017. Today's show is going to be sponsored uh, by Entrepreneurs Living the Dream. This is an event that will be taking place In the Fort Lauderdale, Miami area, uh, May 17th through the 18th. Again, this will be bringing in small business owners, entrepreneurs from around the country to this event. And it is a great way to connect and do business. Patricia Rogers, the organizer, is an expert at connecting people. She's uh, releasing her book around the same time. And she just knows how to connect people and have you do business with one another. Again, check out Entrepreneurs Living the Dream. You can find them on Facebook as well as Eventbrite. Uh, Sign up and you will not be disappointed. Also, our sponsor is Empowered Fathers in Action, a 501c3 organization dedicated to strengthening the father-son bonding process. And this organization is also doing great things to create interdependent communities and businesses, starting with building interdependency At the family level, improving family structures with behavioral modification programs, uh, uh, teaching effective communication strategies to help parents be a better example for their children to follow so that when they become adults, they'll have a level of higher self-confidence to enter into more interdependent relationships rather than codependent to break that cycle of dysfunction. This organization is doing wonderful things. Check them out at efamovement.org. That's E-F-A-Movement.org. And again, we're going to have a great show today. Our uh, topic today that we'll be discussing is how to turn an improbable dream into a reality. And our uh, guest today is Glenn Plaskin. And Glenn and I know one another. He's a great guy. You're going to love what he has to share today. And before I introduce him, let me give you a background about Glenn. Glenn is a best-selling author who specializes in writing in-depth celebrity interviews and human development stories. His published works include two books, Horowitz, the biography of Vladimir Horowitz, and Turning Point, Pivotal Moments into the Lives of America's Celebrities, based on the syndicated column that he wrote for the New York Daily Times and Tribune Media Services. Uh, He rose to the prominence when his Horowitz book, the first ever biography of the renowned pianist, was published in the U.S., Canada, England, France, Germany, Japan, and Finland. Thereafter, he established himself as one of the nation's leading celebrity interviewers, landing exclusives with film stars, politicians, TV personalities, business executives, and media figures. This is just a sample of some of the interview subjects that he has worked with. Catherine Hepburn, Elizabeth Taylor, Paul Newman, Meryl Streep, Nancy Reagan, Edward Kennedy, Audrey Hepburn, Diana Ross, Calvin Klein, Sophia Loren, Loren, Shirley MacLaine, Barbara Walters, Diane Sawyer, Peter Jennings, Anthony Robbins, Marianne Williamson, Deepak Chopra, Wayne Dyer, Donald Trump, Bill Gates. The list goes on. Incredible uh, amount of people that Glenn has been connected to. As one of a professional journal wrote, when it comes to brutally competitive world of celebrity journalism, no one is more successful at nailing down the big names than entertainment reporter Glenn Plaskin. His features have appeared in the Family Circle, Playboy, Us, W, Redbook, Cosmopolitan, Ladies Home Journal, and in hundreds of U.S. and foreign newspapers, including the New York Times and the New York Daily News. Without further ado, let's welcome
2: Glenn Plaskin to the show. Hello, Glenn. Oh, hi, Chris. Thank you for that very kind introduction. I really do appreciate it. Wow.
1: Absolutely. And, uh, We had the pleasure of being together, just not only a few, you know. Well, actually, last month now it's been God hard to believe that time has flown by here, and uh, where we were presenting to some up and coming influencers in the entrepreneurial segment, and you know. So, Glenn, I know today's topic we're going to be talking about is how to turn an improbable dream into reality, and this is such an you know a, a, a an important topic because a lot of times you know people feel that they have dreams, but they never really think that, God, well, can it become a reality? Can you talk a little bit about, again, you know, how to turn an improbable dream into reality from your point of view?
2: Well, I'll tell you how I did it uh, when I was growing up in Buffalo, New York. Um, my father owned a, a clothing business, and I um, wasn't a particularly good student in school. And um, I didn't know what I was going to do, but I discovered I had a talent for music and playing the piano. So to make a very long story short, I went to a conservatory of music for nine years in a row during college. And I imagined myself first as a concert pianist. Uh, I really didn't have um, maybe world-class talent, although I was talented. But what I'm saying is I visualized myself in that role. And for nine years, I I tried and tried and did quite well. But when I was about 25 years old, I had a different dream. I decided to drop that dream. And sometimes in life, I think that's a good lesson. You start in one direction, but then you pivot in another. I realized that I was never going to attain the kind of, um, I don't know, accomplishment level that I wanted in music. And so what I decided to do is come to New York, and I had no money, and I had no contacts, and I had no publishing experience, but I had an idea. And so I always tell people that the secret to any success, I really do believe, is visualization. It's like a mental technique, you know, where you use your imagination to create a picture of your future as you want it to be. Not as it is, but as you want it to be. So what I did is I came to New York, and I um, went to uh, the William Morris Agency, which is a talent agency, and they said, well, what have you written? I said, nothing. They said, well, what have you had published? I said, nothing. They said, well, what are you doing here? <laughs> and I pulled out a list from my pocket. I had gone to 15 publishers because I had an idea for a book. Now, remember, I'd never written a book. I didn't know how to write a book. It doesn't matter. It, it, I started with a vision that I could do it, And to make a long story short again, the agent ultimately sold that book idea, and suddenly I had a book contract, and three years later when the book actually came out, which was a 600-page biography of a great musician, I remember seeing it on the front page of the New York Times and the Washington Post and the L.A. Times and the London Times, and I thought to myself, wow, gee, three years ago I was a penniless pianist, and now I'm an author. I had literally um, created that niche by doing what I call a mental rehearsal. I kept rehearsing over and over again that I could visualize this book. I could see it in my mind, you know. And I kept practicing it over and over in my mind. I remember that Napoleon Hill once put it this way. It's as if your imagination is the receiving set through which ideas and plans and thoughts can flash into your mind and when these thoughts flash into your mind it's like a kid who's playing pretend you like you know you build an imaginary world that seems real and then you you have to take the actions then to make it come true now i didn't just visualize it of course i was really good at using the telephone, and whatever marketing skills I had to sell the idea. Once you have the idea, you've got to sell it. And that was another aspect to what I was able to do. And I always tell people that um, there are so many positive benefits to visualization. Like, you know, it helps you focus better on what you really want. It can motivate you to get a job done Uh Visualization can boost your mood, you know, because you're using positive, pleasant imagery. Like I always go to bed, my last thought at night is thinking about something that I want or something that would be really pleasant, you know. And they've even proven that visualization increases your alpha brainwaves. And it almost like it tricks you, your mind, uh, into not being able to tell the difference between, you know, a memory and a vivid visualization. And I also found that imagining what you want can, like, build self-confidence. For example, I remember once standing in um, a magazine shop looking at pictures of Jacqueline Onassis, uh, Jacqueline Kennedy Onassis, uh, one of our most, uh, you know, incredible first ladies. And as a 12-year-old, I kept staring at all these photos of her. I was just, like, obsessed on her. And I said to myself, one day I'm going to meet her. And I did. Uh, When I was looking and shopping to uh, write this book, I met her a few times. And when the book came out, I sent it to her as a gift. And she wrote me back this beautiful letter that I have hanging on my wall. And then she invited me out to lunch. And subsequently, we became friendly and worked on a few projects together. Now, what were the chances that, you know, any of us could meet someone like that? I mean, I was just this kid from Buffalo, New York with a relatively low IQ. I was told I had a low IQ as a child, and yet I visualized it, literally. And so one day when I was sitting in a restaurant having lunch with Jacqueline you know, Onassis and the fashion designer Calvin Klein, I thought to myself, oh my Lord, how did this happen? But it, it did happen.
1: Wow. That is fabulous. I mean, it is such a, it's so powerful. Like, you know, you hear about vision boards and, you know, all these different things. And so, you know, Glenn, talk a little bit about like this visualization. Like, was it something that you had to really like focus on? Like, like it was almost like a form of meditation. You know, it's not that you just visualized it real quick and there you go, you know, but was it something like, because you mentioned something about it being almost like, like like it was like sur- like it was re- like it was real at that point like you could just like you were already there talk a little bit you know a little bit more about that and like and maybe this process of how someone can start to incorporate that into their lives and whatever is important to them
2: well think of it this way uh, chris uh, a positive visualization remember this is not a negative one you know we're not imagining all the things that could go wrong yeah. forget about all that Um, You have to pretend as if it's absolutely going to happen. So don't tell yourself all the things that um, are reasons why it can't happen, because I never did that. Um, A a visualization, it's almost like a telegram to your brain. What you're doing is you're tricking your subconscious mind by seeing yourself already in possession of the goal. So... um, you know, the key to the whole thing is that you have to mix emotion and a burning desire. You have to have a burning desire to do something, but you have to really feel emotionally about it. You know, like when I was imagining writing that first book, I was totally into this, this famous uh, musician. I'd listen to all his records, you know. Even if I started talking about it to people, I would get emotional about it. And so you have to build emotion into your, into your desire. So I always tell people, like, if you have a throbbing ambition, you know, for a successful outcome, you have a much better chance of getting it than if you don't. Um, so um, that's, you know, and, you know, there was, I remember reading once that Ralph Waldo Emerson once said, a man, is, a man is what he thinks about all day long. So it's like, well, what do you most fill your thoughts with? Um, Is it like uh, resentment, anger, uh, upset, disappointment? Or instead, could you think about things that you really want to do? And in my particular case, I wanted to meet famous people. I don't know why, honestly, because I'm actually rather introverted. Um, But I got it in my mind that I wanted to do it. And so after my book was published, the agent said, would you like to write another book? And I said, oh, no. Oh, no. I want to start meeting people for magazines and newspapers. And I imagined myself as one day having like a syndicated column that would appear in newspapers around the country. And then one day I was sitting in a taxi cab and I visualized on a little business card because I wrote it down with a pen the words turning point. And I thought, what would it be like to write a column about famous people who would tell me about a turning point or a crisis in their life, how they overcame it, and what they learned from it? I swear to you, this just flashed into my brain in a flash. And ultimately, I wrote a column that was syndicated called Turning Point. I made it happen, and every week, every Monday, my picture was was kind of weird. My picture was next to Ann Landers and Joyce Brothers. And I would interview a famous person each week. One week it could be Diana Ross, then Dolly Parton, then Malcolm Forbes, then Beverly Sills, then um, it could be anybody. Um, and I did this for four years straight, 52 columns a year, and ultimately I turned it into a book. And it was to, when it was turned into a book, in one three-month period, I visualized going on TV shows to promote it. And Oprah did a whole show on it, and so did Joan Rivers. Um, and Larry King and Sally Jesse Raphael and Geraldo and others, and I thought, wow, this all just came from writing an idea down on a business card in a taxi cab.
1: Amazing, amazing. It's so it's so powerful, like that. You know that yeah, visualization. It's like it's energy, right? It's like something that it was the seed that was planted. And we have about a, less than, about a minute to go to the break, Glenn. But talk of, just to summarize that how you know with that that particular book, how like it started in the back of a cab, like as in this case a seed. We have less than a minute. Just real something you can summarize and how and and, and when it came to fruition like that. Just that 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 process. Just briefly describe. I'll just say that
2: when you expect positive results, you have a good chance of getting them and remember what you focus on is what you attract so truthfully visualization is the key to achieving whatever it is you want whether it's a thriving law practice a better body increased confidence it doesn't really matter what it is if you can imagine it you can make it happen wow
1: Wow! Wow! It is. It, this is powerful. I love this whole concept again. You know, when it comes to the sustainable success theme, you know, visualization of your goals and being specific is so important. Again, if you're just joining us, you're listening to Glenn Plaskin. We are talking about how to turn an improbable dream into reality. Again, this uh, episode will be also be available on demand later today, so you could check out the edited version. And, again, well, we need to go to break, but when we come right back, we're going to get into more insight from Glenn Plaskin, how to turn an improbable dream into a reality.
0: This is the Voice
1: America Influencers Channel. Be inspired.
0: What is balance? Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Uh, We're here again with uh, Glenn Plaskin, celebrity ghostwriter. Among many other things, we're talking about how to turn an improbable dream into reality. And, you know, Glenn, we had talked a little bit about, you know, what goes behind, you know, turning a dream into reality and the power of visualization. And you just really nailed it in terms of, Not only the process, but really describing the experience of how powerful visualization, because it's a form of energy that could really take something that you could like see like it's already there and then in time actually materializes. Can you talk, elaborate a little bit further on the on this process of visualization and the power of it? Anything else? Because I know we had to go to break and we were weren't able to finish up on that.
2: I once read a quote from Yogi Berra, and it said, if you don't know where you're going, you'll probably end up somewhere else. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it's like if you get in your car and you just drive and you don't have any directions, then, like, where are you going to wind up? So I don't believe in um, just letting things happen by accident or just hoping for the best. I mean, you can hope for the best when you're on an airplane, but when you're driving the plane... You don't have to hope for the best. You have a destination. You have to know where you want to go. And, I mean, some people, um, you know, want to go one place and another person wants to go another. But so often, just look around you. So many people, I think, are caught up. In a robotic routine, you know, they get up and they go to the job they're not crazy about, and then they come home and then they eat and then they watch TV and then they go to bed and then the next day they do it all over again, right? Well, I always believe that in in between all that, you secretly have a dream. You have something that you really want to do. It may not be career-driven. It might be hobby-driven. You know, it could be anything. But there's something you really want to do that you're not doing. Maybe you're not doing it because you're afraid, or maybe you don't have enough time, or maybe you feel you don't have enough money, or maybe you don't have enough opportunity. But trust me, when I didn't know anybody in New York City, I started picking up the phone and I would meet people and I would introduce myself and I would invite them out to lunch, or I would go to their office and meet them. And you'd be amazed at how people are receptive to you if you, you know, come across as intelligent and, and um, well-informed and, and interested. And so whatever it is you're not doing, I just think you, you can do it. In my case, sometimes desperation breeds innovation. Remember, I was desperate. I wanted to leave college after nine years and do something different. I had no money or contacts. I didn't have your coaching program. I didn't have anything like that. The only thing I was going on, honestly, was my dream. That was all I had. And honestly, it's enough. Because if you have an idea of what you can do... I mean, I always tell people, listen, if I can write a book with no training, no college degree, no journalism experience, and with a low IQ, imagine what you could do. (laughs) Right? Um, Absolutely. So, I always tell people that don't let your geographic location, your lack of contacts, your family history, your income requirements, or any diagnosis you get from a therapist stop you from doing what you want to do. Um, I think you can do it. Look at Tony Robbins, for example, who I've interviewed many times. He's one of the world's most prominent peak performance coaches. You know, um, he. I think he earns something like thirty million dollars a year. He runs seven different businesses. He 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 uh, inspires people um, with his many programs, and he doesn't. He never went to college, you know. He came from a broken home uh, that was very difficult. I interviewed him in Playboy magazine. If you look it up, you'll be able to see it. And he literally uh, created Tony Robbins out of thin air. With an incredible innate talent, uh, an ability for uh, human psychology ability that goes beyond any degree you could get. You know, he's an incredible salesman, but he's also, um, you know, an incredible um, um, person who has great insight into the human condition and how to change it. Uh, this is a natural God given talent that he had. But imagine how he marketed it and made it happen and created a business out of nothing. So, you know, he did it, and many people have done it in many ways. And you don't have to become, you know, famous or Tony Robbins or a billionaire to be successful in life. The definition of success is not any of those things. It's doing something that really resonates with you, that makes you feel good. Like, you could coach kids, you know, on a Little League team on the weekend, and you're giving a gift to those children that they'll never forget for the rest of their lives. That's good enough. Or it could be anything that gives you pleasure, and it's usually, though, connected in some way to providing a service uh, for somebody else. When you contribute to the you know, the positive well-being of somebody else, um, you always feel better. That's so true. It, it, it,
1: it, I mean, you just talked about like again, you know, no excuses, right? You know, people are born into certain circumstances and but if 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 there's if you have a dream and a desire that you'll do whatever it takes to make it happen. You don't have there doesn't have to be a perfect situation for this to happen. Uh, so spot on and you know, Glenn, I kinda wanna segue into how you also help other people, you know, In a way, extend you know their part of what their dreams are by telling their story, and really helping them as a channel to you know convey their message, their story as part of the dream they created for themselves. You know, talk about why certain people, let's say, if they've achieved their dream and now they want to either leave a legacy, perhaps they want to be able to impact the world with their story, but. Let's say, for instance, they're just not a writer or that's just not their forte. You, you you, know, you were gifted at this. I mean, even though you didn't feel like you were going into this, but, you know, it just kind of just really that's the way it ended up being. You're, you're a fantastic writer. And talk about the concept of ghostwriting and the process that it takes to really take something like somebody's dream that they've, they've actually accomplished and really inspire others through their their message.
2: Well, right. What happened with me is after writing a number of my books, um, opportunities came to me where people would come to me and say, well, could you help me write my book? And there's a lot of names for it. You you could call yourself a ghostwriter, although I don't see myself as a ghost. I'm not cast for the (laughs) ghost, you know. Or you could see yourself as a collaborator or a channel for helping somebody else's dream come true, as you just said. But in any case, people have come to me. And what I found was after 30 years of interviewing celebrities, I learned how to channel their voice. In other words, I'm capturing their voice, not mine. And so what I did is I extended that idea from a print interview into a full-length book, and by tape recording the client and by getting to know them over a period of many months, I absorb their being, their message, you know, their voice, and then I channel it into the book. In other words, I'm not writing my words; I'm writing their words, but I have the ability to put a book together in a way so that, in a way that they couldn't. And so um, uh, that's how my ghostwriting uh, business began. But I'm really just a channel for um, people write books for many reasons. Sometimes they want to write it because they want to have a speaking career. And a book is a fantastic back-of-the-room product to sell. Uh, Sometimes people want to write books for money. Sometimes they want to write books uh, as a family legacy, you know, uh, a record of their life and their career that they can give to future generations of their company or their, or their, um, or their families. And people have come to me, so for all these reasons. I had a man come to me a few years ago. Uh, he's a, um, a, a hedge fund guy who's worth somewhere around $700 million, and he's um, in his 80s. And he'd had a very, very difficult childhood. He came from absolutely nothing. He wound up in an orphanage. He got into Harvard, and he created a financial empire that's just unbelievable. And he wanted to write a book about how he was abandoned as a child, kidnapped from his mother, uh, abandoned by his father, thrown in an orphanage, and ultimately how he created a business and now has given a great deal of money to uh, for scholarships for kids who don't have money, who want to go to certain universities. So that's just one example. Another book that I just finished is um, written by a guy who created the largest youth sports franchise in the United States. It's called I 9 Sports. And he was a, a little kid who came from a broken home with no money but a passion for baseball. And he turned his baseball um, passion into a business like Little League uh, called I 9 Sports. And I, um, the book is coming out in October, and it's a story about how you can take your passion for anything, visualize a goal, and create it. And then a book before that, another one was called Practice Law Like an Iron Man. This is written by a lawyer who is a triathlon, you know, running, swimming, and biking. And he thought, how could you take the traits you need as a competitive athlete and transfer those same traits into business? and become successful in business. So that was another book I wrote. And most recently, I have finished a book for a multinational corporation in Canada that produces a a product for women that's used throughout the world. And they're also producing a TV documentary to go along with the book. So it's kind of a crazy uh, list because, honestly, I don't really know anything about any of this stuff. But it's like a, um, it's like writing a college, an extended college term paper. Uh, the more you research it, you know, the more you get into it. So every time I start a new book, I always tell myself, "Oh my lord, I'm never going to be able to do it." Uh, it just feels overwhelming, uh, too complicated, and I sometimes honestly get really depressed about it at the beginning, and then by the time I'm done with a book. I'm usually on a high, so go figure that. I may need some of your coaching.
1: Wow, well, I could definitely help you there. Um, you know, talk about, you know, a little bit again. You know, this is su- such an important area because you know you've worked with so many different celebrities, and sometimes people might think, "Well, I, you know, I got to be a celeb." No, because you just mentioned these people that you just talked about. These are not celebrities. These are people of. Again, came, were at, you know people came from very humble backgrounds, uh, built some successful businesses, they still weren't celebrity status, but were able to really wanted to convey their message in a, in a way that could really inspire you know others. And what would you say to somebody that if we're on this topic of turning an improbable dream into reality, what would you say to somebody, that if, when they're looking to, you know, follow that process, should they consider, you know, something, whether if it's a book or it's, it's some other channel to convey this to someone else and how they can do that for themselves, not to just keep it to themselves,
2: so to speak. Well, if they want to learn a little bit more about the ghostwriting process itself, I describe it in detail on my website. And anybody who's listening is welcome to go there. It's www.ghostwriteyourbook.com. But I can tell you that there, a book is a great marketing tool for a couple of reasons. It, no matter what your business a book is like your billboard. You know, It's a portable, tangible calling card that can be sold. It can be given away as a promotional tool at any like professional association or national trade show or convention or community group or business conference. You name it. It's just the most fantastic thing to give. I was at the dentist this morning, and I gave him a copy of one of my books, which is called Katie Up and Down the Hall, The True Story of How One Dog Turned. Five Neighbors into a Family. It's one of my favorite books. It's about the definition of family and about a family is anything you want it to be. It's young or old, uh, straight or gay, human or canine, anything you want it to be. Your family is not just your biological family, but it could be um, your neighbors, your friends, anybody. And my book is about what happened to me. Uh, before 9-11, during, and after, Uh, and it involves an 85-year-old woman and her husband and a little three-year-old boy who had no mom and his dad and me and my dog, and it's a very dramatic story about what happened. And so you can make a book about anything. If I could write a book about my dog, you know, you can write a book about your cat. So, But anyway, a book is your billboard. And secondly, a book gives you instant credibility. Like once you write a book, you get what I call the halo effect because you have more credibility and prestige. Now you're like an expert in the eyes of the world, you know. And um, you can hire a ghostwriter. People often ask me, well, how much does it cost? You can hire a collaborator. Uh, It's like buying a car. You can get a car for $5,000 or you can get a car for, you know, $500,000, and everything in between. But, you know, whatever your budget, um, you know, one new client that you get from the book pays for the entire project, and it's tax-deductible. So it's a great investment in your business and in yourself. I'm I'm talking largely to a business audience, you know, who might want to have a book that's, you know, the cost of which is totally a business Absolutely. And then so, the Glenn, this, also, as you know. Oh, no, Glenn, we have to go to sorry. break
1: here real quick, Glenn. But, but I want to leave on that note because I want to continue where we left off here because I think this is so important for, you touched on the business audience again. But we have to go to break. But, again, we're listening to Glenn Plaskin, How to Turn a Problem Dream into Reality. Again, when we come back, we're going to continue off where Glenn left off about how this applies to our business side of the audience. So do not go away. We'll be right back. change starts here change starts now join us the voice america influencers channel
0: what is balance it's being true to your purpose and not being distracted by shiny objects surrounding yourself with family and loved ones nurturing your spirituality maintaining healthy balance of emotional and physical wellness and being present in the moment Chris Salem creates awareness about eliminating limited beliefs or unblocking mindset barriers for entrepreneurs, sales professionals, business leaders and professional athletes to have sustainable success at the next level. The solution evolves out of resolving the root cause to the problem. The issue is that many people in businesses manage the problem, but do not address the root cause to it. You now have the opportunity to live your life and operate your business in the solution rather than the effect of your challenges. Schedule a time to chat about your goals, and the person you desire to be by going to ChristopherSalem.com. We have group consultation calls, one-on-one, and other programs to assist you. It will be the best thing you do for yourself to see how sustainable success is possible for you in your life and business. Join us at the next level. Visit ChristopherSalem.com. We
1: don't follow, we lead. Join us. The Voice America
0: Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sustainable Success with Chris Salem. Call into our program today at 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or send an email to Chris at ChristopherSalem.com. Now, back to Sustainable Success.
1: Welcome back to Sustainable Success. Again, we're here with Glenn Plaskin, How to Turn an Improbable Dream into Reality. Again, uh, Glenn specializes in in in-depth celebrity interviews and human development stories. Again, we've been talking about the power of visualization when it comes to how to turn an improbable dream into reality. In our last segment of of the discussion, we were talking about uh, ghostwriting and ways to kind of capture uh, people's voices that Glenn does so well to kind of take their dreams that they've turned into reality to convey that to the masses so let's circle back again, Glenn, to the the power of visualization, where we started off the show uh, today. You know, how do you go about visualizing your dream?
2: Well, I always tell people uh, visualize your success, like assume it, like make it your obsession, and paint a picture of it in all its details by getting your senses involved. You can write it down, you can picture it in your head, you can say it out loud. But sometimes I do it this way. I kind of go somewhere that's very quiet and private with no distractions like, you know, your backyard or the bedroom, uh, maybe when you're driving in your car, um, but preferably not driving, but somewhere where you're quiet. And you can stretch out, preferably, like I like to stretch out on a couch or a chair or a bed, a hammock is perfect, or on the grass or on a beach, wherever you're comfortable. But the point is, you have to be just relaxed and comfortable and stretched out. And then I, I take deep breaths and I try to relax my muscles completely. You know, you kind of unwind all the tension and stress you're feeling and all those invading thoughts like I have to go to the dry cleaners and I have to do this and I have to do that. You let go of all those to-do things. And then you close your eyes and you visualize, you know, life as you want it to be visualize it in as much detail as you can, you know, and add what does it feel like, what does it sound like, what does it taste like, um, you know, what does it smell like, just feel it and I, if you practice this throughout the day, even if you did it twice a day for 10 minutes each time, it does help and it's, and many people have done it, um, like Jim Carrey, he used to envision himself being the greatest actor in the world when he was struggling. And he used to make out a check to himself for $10 million when he was flat broke. He would write out a check for $10 million, And later, he would earn that same $10 million for one of his movies, Dumb and Dumber.
1: That's you know? amazing. I remember hearing that story, and it is so true. That is it. And this is back in his days, even before you know, he was just a stand-up uh, comedian at that point, even just starting out.
2: Yeah, and Michael Phelps, the Olympian swimmer, 23 gold medals, uh, has said that he's been visualizing since he was seven years old. He, quote-unquote, watches what he calls his videotape of the perfect swim each night before he goes to bed, and then he mentally maps out his strategy, you know? Or Oprah Winfrey, who grew up in poverty and with childhood sexual abuse, Uh, used to use vision boards with cutouts of pictures and drawings and phrases of things she wanted in her life. And, you know, and look what she accomplished. And I read somewhere that Arnold Schwarzenegger used to visualize winning the Mr. Universe title for so many years before he actually did win it. And then he, you know, he dreamed of becoming a movie star and a real estate tycoon, and he became governor of California. And he said he did all of these things by visualizing it. So I I think it is a process that can work.
1: I do too. I think, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of, or, and I've been, I've been in the practice of meditation for over 20 years. It's something I do every morning, uh, very early in the morning. So in a way it's kind of like, I wouldn't say that it's visualization, but in a way it kind of is because it allows me to get centered, focused, and to get clarity. So I have clarity on where I'm at now and where I'm going forward. So the things I have to do today only that roll up each day to get me to my desired goal or outcome. Would you say that visualization is in a way can be a form of meditation? In a way. In this case, we're visualizing the the, you know, we can see it versus it's just not just meditating, but you can you can see it and then and then it's just certain things that you're doing each and every day that kind of lead up to that.
2: I I agree with you. Um, And, you know, if you fill out the picture of your vision in your mind as you do it, like, don't be um, influenced or imprisoned by conventional thinking. Think outside the box. You know, what other other people think you should be doing uh, is not relevant. Trust me, my parents thought what I should have done was stayed in college, finished my doctoral degree, and then become a college professor. That's what I was pointed toward doing. If I had done that, if I had, you know, gone along with the program, I never would have written any books, and I never would have met any first ladies or gone to the White House or, you know... Traveled to Bermuda to cover the America's Cup or interviewed the president of Harvard or had lunch with Diana Ross or interviewed Leona Helmsley on television or um, flown to London to have lunch with Joan Collins or flown to Switzerland to have an interview with Audrey Hepburn. Uh, These are all things that I actually did. I never would have done any of those things because, remember, those things were outside the box of conventional thinking. And I'm not suggesting that people need to do any of those things which you know obviously are unusual but in your own life whatever it is you can do it and there is a step beyond visualization which is clearing your mind completely of all visions and ambition that's what i try to do now more than ever which is i actually don't want to have these obsessive thoughts about what to do next and what to do next i think it's a great relief if you can think about absolutely nothing in other words, just clear your mind completely. And how about we just breathe in and breathe out, and we don't think about ourselves or anything else? We could just float in peace for a while. Don't you think that would be nice?
0: Yeah,
1: no, no question at all. Anything else you want to elaborate on with uh, the power of visualization? You know, turning an improbable dream into reality.
2: Well, I thought we might just finish up on um, some of the advantages of writing a book because for anybody. Oh yeah, yeah, working,
1: absolutely. We could do that, absolutely. So let's let's talk about that. You know, because like, a book is obviously a way to help that person bring a dream, a probable dream into reality, or they've already accomplished that, and now they are sharing that to inspire others to do the same for themselves. So go ahead, talk about the the, the advantages.
2: Well, as I mentioned a little earlier, you know, a book is your billboard, it gives you credibility, and the next thing is it leads to media appearances. In today's world, you know, once you're recognized as an expert in your field, like you have um, a couple of different books, um, you'll be amazed at how, you know, you can get appearances on television and radio and newspaper and podcasts, and social media influencers will call you to uh, get your opinion, and so... A book is definitely a passport to some of these media appearances, if you want them. And a book can also promote your speaking career. A lot of people like to speak about their work and their careers. And you can get speaking engagements in community organizations and at conventions. And if you've got a book behind you, as I said, it makes you kind of an expert in your field. Also, a book is a great business card. I mean, it generates business leads and hopefully leads you to closing more deals. I often parlay one of my pieces of work to another. Like, you know, when I used to write more magazine articles, I would send my interview with, um, you know, someone to someone else famous and say, well, I interviewed her, so maybe you'd like to see what I did with her, and then that would lead to the next one. Well, it's the same thing with a book. If you give a book away, it can lead to the next um, sale or the next uh, accomplishment you're looking for so um, I always think a book is a great calling card and also for business people a book provides what I would call brand clarity Um, it lays out you know like the core model or principles of your business and it helps potential clients understand what you're about and how you can be valuable to them and the book doesn't have to be long we're not talking about it It doesn't have to be two or three hundred pages you can have a book That's 40 or 50 pages, you know, and it's just something you can hand someone uh, uh, as a gift and say, if you want to learn more about us, um, you know, uh, here, take this. And also, a book ultimately, I think, does allow you to command a higher fee. Um, With more public exposure, you have more value. And with more value, you can command a fee that's, um, you know, commensurate with your skill set and your effort. So, you know, as I've said, you know, the value of a book as a marketing tool cannot be measured in dollars. You know, it, it's, it's, it's like a passport to adventure, to new clients, to higher fees. And um, I think a lot of people nowadays are wanting to write books, but they feel a little overwhelmed. Like, how do you do it? I always say that people, everybody has a book inside them just waiting to be written. But how do you get it out? I read that 81% of Americans want to write a book, but don't know how to do it. If you don't know how to do it, then call me.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Again, like I said, you know, the, you know, the, you know, there are people like you that you know, just have that gift of capturing someone's voice. And, you know, somebody, you know, some of us are really good at certain things and it may not be writing and we've maybe achieved our dreams. But, you know, what better way to give that back to others to inspire them to do the same through a book? You know, a book is forever. You know, it's a legacy. It can be something that can be passed on from generation to generation and inspire so many people for for lifetimes to come. So I think it's so, so important. Uh, What I wanted to kind of leave off before we... You know, you, as we get near the end of the show I wanted to you know see like you've interviewed so many people, people that have achieved their dreams, some of these celebrities. I'd like you to find out in the audience would probably what was your most interesting interview that you've had that, that just to this day is something that you always I know you you talked about Jacqueline On'assis and you talked to a few people but something that really stands out that you'll always remember from an interview standpoint.
2: Well, one of the people I always wanted to interview was the actress Catherine Hepburn, okay? Um, I remember as a child seeing her in Guess Who's Coming to Dinner. And, um, you know, this woman uh, was an incredible legend and also a very um, interesting personality. And I sent her one of my books as a gift, and one day the phone rang, and it was her calling me. Out of the blue, at first I didn't believe it. I said, no, it couldn't be. And she said, oh, no, it's really me. And she invited me to lunch, and I um, i was terrified. But I so enjoyed her sense of humor, and it was like, it was surreal. Sitting next to someone who you see up on the screen um, is very surreal. And um, we ultimately did a number of interviews together and became very friendly. And um, that was just because I sent her a copy of my book. Um, so imagine the power of a book. You can you can send it to a screen legend and get an answer. Um, yeah. So that was pretty exciting for me. And um, I remember the other one that really – there are many that stick in my mind, but another one that does is Elizabeth Taylor, who – you know, at one time was considered the, one of the most beautiful women in the world, and I remember her walking down a staircase toward me, and I thought, oh my God, and she was absolutely stunningly beautiful, and I said to her, oh, I said, your skin is so beautiful, and she said to me, would you like to touch it? I said, okay, so I'm standing there touching Elizabeth Taylor's face, and she said, would you like to know my secret? I said, okay, and she said, it's sesame oil. I put sesame oil all over my skin. Then she was wearing that famous Krupp diamond that was 35 carats, and she said, would you like to see my... I said to her, is that the ring? She said, yeah, would you like to see it? I said, yes. And she took it off and tossed it to me. I thought, this is incredible. And then we sat down for a very long two-hour conversation, but I mean... You know, if you see people in the magazines or television or newspapers, and then you actually meet them, you discover they're human. You know, they have a sense of humor, but it is uh, a little surreal.
0: No, I've been there
1: before. It's definitely, but you, when it comes down to it, there are always people, and, and you, you know, and you just get to know them at a people level. I think it's so important, Glenn. We're near the near the end of the show, and I want to be able to let people know where can they find you. And where are you going to be next? Where they can maybe have an opportunity to meet you?
2: Well, you can always email me or find me on my website. And there's a blog there, and there's an email address. So all you have to do is go to www.ghostwriteyourbook.com, and that's um, a great place to start. And uh, I'm I'm my home base is in New York City, and I often uh, do appearances here, but. Anyone who wants to discuss the possibility of doing a book, not necessarily just with me, but you know, um, you know, I can make referrals. I can. I also give advice about you know publishers yep. and yep. Uh, digital marketing companies. So it's not just about me writing a book. Yep. But people who need help, I'm always happy to help
1: them. Wow, this is powerful. Again, we encourage you to check out Glenn Plaskin at his website. We'll also be posting this. Also on the Sustainable Success 2017 uh, page as well. We encourage you to listen to this episode again. Glenn really dropped a lot of information here today to really help you turn your improbable dream into reality. And if you've already done that, how you can share it with the world with the book. Nothing better than that. Again, we want to thank you guests for joining us each and every week, the sustainable way. And we look forward to seeing you next Thursday, 12 noon East Coast time, And everyone, have a great rest of your week. Talk soon.
0: Thank you for tuning in to Sustainable Success. Be sure to join Chris Salem and his guests every Wednesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Have an incredible week.